This is one simple word. Together we are reading through Matthew. Showing us Jesus and how he fulfills the promises of Messiah and King. Matthew chapter 18, here we are. And believe it or not, we have picked a word today that we have not picked this whole year and it is shocking us. I can't believe we haven't picked this word. Because it was waiting for just this moment. It's been everywhere all throughout the New Testament. Yes, it's sad, but yes. (laughs) We have picked the word sin. Oh, man. Wow. And Jesus really hammers sin a couple different ways in this chapter. And right off the top, he really hammers the sin of of pride. The disciples are arguing, like, who's the greatest? Maybe stemming from... Yeah, we had just talked about where they had come from the mountain, the transfiguration, and not all of them were taken. Yeah. So I wonder if they came down and were like, "Eh, eh, we had to go and you didn't. Or like, were they talking about Moses and Elijah? Like, man, those two guys are the greatest now. So were they saying like, David's not the greatest? But anyway, Jesus says, listen, whoever humbles himself like this child is the greatest in the kingdom of God. He really says like, the greatest won't ever know they're the greatest because of that humility. Brings a whole nother concept to the greatest of all time. I was just gonna say, so if you're saying you're the goat, you're really not? Yeah, that's, you're slamming LeBron. Like, (laughs) (laughs) the dude cannot claim that he is the goat. Oh. By the way, I I just think that at least our editor would believe that the goat actually plays football and has six championships. Yeah, well. He, he might be right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, we'll see. Anyway, that sin was existing, and then he just addresses another sin. He says that if you cause a child who believes in him to sin, it would be better that a millstone be tied around you and thrown into the sea in light of the damage that you can bring to a young believer. And I think that we don't take sin and causing others to sin as seriously as we should. So then he goes into how we should keep ourselves from sinning. Right, and it, and it talks about someone who's in sin. If you're so far in sin and you just need to do whatever it takes to get out of sin, like right. pretty drastic measures. Yeah. But what I was thinking about was that a lot of times when we are in sin, we don't look at it as serious as we need to, right. but we need to look at it objectively and seriously and right. take it serious. Yeah. I think it is a, it's just a natural thing for us in our sin nature to see other people's sins as heinous and our own as somehow justified. And he says, do what you need to. Cut yeah. your hand off throw if your, your hand keeps causing you to sin. Throw your eyeball away. Wow. <laughs> So then he, he talks about the, the sheep that has strayed and that Jesus goes after the, the sinner and gathers him again to the fold and leaves the 99. And then this famous passage in Matthew chapter 18 of what does the church do and what do we do with each other when there is sin? Right, and a lot of people call this the church discipline passage. Yeah. But you like to call it what? The church reconciliation passage. This is the that's goal. Just cause that's just the kind of guy you are. <laughs> 
Well, this is the goal, and, and it's interesting, too. Sometimes we in our church have had to practice church discipline, and that's really the third step. So we've maybe gone to that third step, and people say, well, how come we've never done this, or how come we don't do this often? And I, and I say, because the first two steps work. <laughs> And so is it not true that on a regular basis that there are sins addressed and that people are getting right with each other and getting right with God? And so I love the reconciliation that Jesus is driving for. When we talk about this aspect of sin, I don't know, it's just really heavy. I mean, we can just be like, sin, 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 but it's a heavy thought because sin can destroy. Right. And so I just think, you know, my prayer throughout my adult life, I mean, when I really started getting serious about things, was like, I don't want to be deceived by my own sin. Mm-hmm. And I, I, so I just, I guess my prayer for anybody who's listening is that we can go to God with our sin mm-hmm. and be forgiven and and listen to godly counsel when people try to, you know, guide us elsewhere. And so I just, it's just a heavy thing, but I'm so thankful that we have the Lord mm-hmm. to take our sins too and, and to be vulnerable to. Right, right. And I think that is that powerful picture of Jesus going after the straying sheep there in the middle of the chapter is that Jesus does care for us. In the midst of our sin, he longs for us to be faithfully following him and walking with him. And so I love all the pictures. There's a few more left in the chapter of sin and and really forgiveness or not wanting to forgive. And I'll just say like one of them is how often should we forgive sin of our brother? And Jesus says 70 times seven. Oh, and, I thought maybe it was just once and move on. Yeah, once and <laughs> cut them off after no, that. No, just kidding. So, hey, I can't believe we haven't used the word sin yet, and it's a great chapter. Trust that you live that out, read it, and then avoid sin like the plague. Mm. We are so glad you're joining us on this journey through the life of Jesus. Read, listen, worship, and let God use his word in your life today.